Do you never get tired of jazz? Get tired? I never get tired of music. No, music is my life. That's it. You either listen to it, or you write it, or you play it, or you listen to it. And no matter whether you write it or play it, you still listen to it. Listening is the big thing music. Oh, what did I say? Or what did Billy Strayhorn say? One of us said this. Music is better enjoyed than analyzed. What's up, world? And welcome back to the Vibes and Stuff Podcast. Where hip-hop heads discuss hip-hop topics. On today's episode, we'll first dive into a few news nuggets, such as the Fugees announcing that they're going to reunite for a tour. Akon saying that rich people have it harder than poor people, and Little Brother asking their fans to boycott the reissue of The Minstrel Show. Then we'll discuss the topics of rappers and commercial endorsements. Is it good or bad for the music and the culture? Is there a certain way to go about commercial endorsements for rappers where they could still keep their dignity and not hurt their brand? We'll also share our favorite commercial featuring rappers. Then we'll dive into our 2021 superlative for the best collaboration of the year and discuss what collaborations from hip-hop artists this year deserve to be on our year-end list and which ones don't. Then we'll dive into unpopular hip-hop opinions. And then for our album Face-Off, we'll be putting The Further Adventures of Lord Quaz by Quasimodo against Mmm Food by MF Doom and weigh in on which one we felt was better and why. And then the crew will share what they've been bumping for the week. So with that, please kick back and enjoy the show. Vince? What's up? <laughs> what's, what's going on with you? <laughs> I'm, I'm good, man. I'm looking at this uh, Rosalind tweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, little project I've been working on. <laughs> uh, oh, man. They don't let them in the door. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> oh, man. What's good with you, though, man? How's the family? Hey, cool. Listen up. Uh, how you I, I'm hanging in there, man. I'm hanging in there. You know, just uh, just just working hard and trying to fit some some hip hop in, in in between working hard. <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. Always. Just just trying to stay active, man. How, how's it been going with the school year so far, y'all? Y'all, they've been they've been good to go. No incidents. No, I mean, no cases, I should say. No, there hasn't been any cases. This is a lot of kids being sick. Like my son, he was sick. Uh, this weekend, but like out of nowhere, he was like later on last night, he was feeling great. But like it's some little cold or something came in, but no, no COVID situation. Okay, that's good. That's good. Yeah, it's it's uh it's it's, it's been the same on my end. They were they were talking about these tests that the CPS was supposed to do, like for the kids, and it was the details were real sketchy, and they finally got their first COVID test last week. But I found out that they don't test every kid. It's it's on a volunteer basis. <clears throat> okay. So like, you know, so my son, he was one of the ones who wanted to volunteer to, you know, to do the COVID test or whatever. But like, I'm like, okay, so if, if y'all only testing people who volunteer, what if there's a case amongst people who aren't 
volunteering to be tested, then what? This wasted time. Yeah. Some stuff is a waste of time just under the guise of safety. You know, they're just doing things to say for safety. And you know, once they once you say the word safety, automatically that just trumps anything after that. So you just just go along with it for the most part. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's not even real real to me, it's not even like foolproof safety because it's like Okay, it's only maybe 200 kids at his school. Only 40 volunteered to get tested on a weekly basis. So yeah. what if there's an outbreak amongst the other 160? You know what I mean? Exactly. It's, it's like yeah. either do it or don't. You know, either test everybody or don't. You know? Exactly. It's just like I said, it's a, it's a mask. It just, you know, they got a, you know, it's a mask for the people that are, that want the, the test to take place. So you're just basically appeasing both sides. Cause yeah. you know, you got people standing on, standing firm on either end, so. Yeah, it's, yeah, you're right. It's just a, a psychological band-aid, you know. But on a higher note, the, the, the streets of Chicago are, are, are somewhat safer. <laughs> I don't think I don't think the streets of Chicago ever fully be safe for the youth, man. But they they are they are a tad safer, at least for young women. Um, I don't know if you heard, uh, R. Kelly got got convicted today on all counts. Um, I, I have no idea how many counts he was brought up on, but apparently he was found guilty on all counts. So whenever they sentence him, he's apparently looking at a lot of jail time. You know. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. Taking taking chicks over state lines is, uh, you know, that's federal. So, I oh, man, dude, I, I I had forgot that he was even facing it. Well, I shouldn't say I forgot because I was seeing the reports and everything, but I I didn't expect them to get a a conviction this soon. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, in some ways, it's like I got two sides of it, and that's I don't even that's this it's not a good thing. Um. You know that uh, that girl ending up lost or, or you know not being able to be found and got killed or something, whatever you know I can't I forget her name. Oh, the white uh, chick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it shed some light on on some things because I know it's like maybe a year or so ago there was a situation where a black girl had hung out with a lot of white girls at some white girl's house and she wound up dead and it was like ten white girls and just her and nobody knew what happened, you know, air quotes. And that was barely talked about. Hmm. So it was like, it just shows, sheds light once again that nobody cares about black girls. Yeah, yeah, for real, for real. Like, like it's, 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 it's kind of sad, you know what I mean? It, it, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm glad they got a conviction, but it's like, man, look how long, you know, he was operating. Yeah. It was, it was an open secret when I was in seventh and eighth grade. We was getting ready for high school. I remember pe- people, you know, the girls in my class being like, you know, oh, don't go to this McDonald's. That's where R. Kelly be hanging out at. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I was what, 97, 96, I was hearing this stuff. So yep. you know, it was, it was, it's been going on for for a minute, but you know. And that's what I mean though, because like I remember I can remember at times where I never put any real emotion towards it. It was like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, and that's that's not good. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So, but now, like just looking at everything, like I'm glad that 
it's happening. You know, because the guy would have still been doing it. He would have still been doing it. So I'm glad. I'm glad that he he got convicted on all fronts, even though it seems like water under a bridge at this point to some degree. But it's like it's not really because he still would have been actively doing it. And um, it's time for people to start caring about black girls the same way they care and make make big news out of any other race just being killed or being um, mistreated or victimized in some way. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, now, now don't get me wrong. I, I, I do. I do think let's, let's just keep it real. The majority of the chicks he probably knocked off. It was probably like a wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. And then they went their separate ways afterwards. But, you know, that's one thing. But it's another thing to to literally kidnap people. and <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, like, like basically train them and psychologically torture them to be under you, you know, for however long you choose. So, you know, I understand he's a celebrity and there's going to be a certain amount of play that he's going to get as a celebrity, as an R&B singer. Let's just keep it real. But, oh, know, yeah, he just he just took it took it a little too far like on some on some well, he, he was a whole villain out here he was the boogeyman yeah. he was, he was yeah. like a batman villain out here but yeah in any way yeah but in, in and any way you explain it it still sheds light to the fact that based off of your color it's gonna be a certain level of uh awareness of it or or uh spotlighting of it because man it's it's girls out here that are getting kidnapped black girls they get kidnapped and just snatched off the streets but nobody talks about it it's and it's happening a lot in chicago i'm i see on facebook social media so many times some girl is missing and this that and the third and um it's just not talked about yeah yeah absolutely um yeah i, I saw some recently where they were they were trying to get they were doing a rally, I think, to get more media attention because it's like it was like twelve black girls missing from like just one neighborhood uh, out yeah. here recently. Yeah, um, it's ridiculous, man. And, and, you know, it, it just kind of is what it is. You know, man, I got some stories for you, but I, I, I ain't gonna get into all that. I don't want to bring the show down. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I'm, a, I'm gonna dive into some of this music, man. Um, Real quick, man. The uh, I don't know if you saw this story, but Little Brother, they put out a statement uh, recently where um, they were asking. Let me pull it up. Apparently, their old record label, uh, ABB Records, it was like a little indie label back in the day. They 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 churned out some pretty solid releases. From my memory, if my memory serves me correctly, back in like the early two thousands. But there was an announcement that their two thousand five album, The Minstrel Show is being reissued by ABB Records and uh, to celebrate, I mean, that wouldn't be, what would that be? That would be only what, that would be 16 years. So, um, but anyway, the, the ABB Records is, is reissuing a, a vinyl pressing of the Minstrel Show. Now they came out and they said, um, and this was Fonte, no, no, this was Big Pooh, right? Um, he said, I see ABB Records has decided to put up a repress of the Minstrel Show on vinyl instead of answering for 16 years of non-payment on the menstrual show or answering for 18 years of non-payment for the listening humbly asking that you not support bad business practices thank you for listening and they called out uh the the 
Airbnb's uh, label head, uh, Benny B. Where you stand on this? Do you, do you support this 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 boycott? What's up? What's up? <laughs> that's got chucking and jiving. That's that's got to be Jamil. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's cool. That's smart. It's a clever one right there. What it is, brothers? <laughs> <laughs> peace, peace. <laughs> yeah, well, but well, um, where, yeah, where do either one of y'all stand? Is do y'all support the boycott and the reasons behind it? Yeah, I support it. If I was the type that uh that collective vinyl, which I may be in the near future, that I would I was uh, reluctantly supported. But yeah, because um, this is this once again is something that falls under the category that I care about now. Back, you know, I heard this twenty years ago. I don't, I don't care. They already they already got their money, you know. But hey, when you got when you put your heart and soul into something, and you ain't got paid for it, and somebody else is trying to make some more money off of it like that matters so i say yeah man boycott it like Chappelle, we should do the Chappelle. Sh- this is like a Chappelle show situation like go ahead and, and um that type of stuff matters it 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 makes things happen the right way when you boycott stuff properly so i i'm down with it what, what do you where you stand jamil i'm i'm definitely down for it um this this ABB situation has been kind of out there. I don't know if they've ever, you know, spoken on it as quite as directly as they are now. But I, I do remember like rumblings about that. Um, you know, not not getting no bread off of those before. Um, and when the when the repress came out, I, I kind of remember Fonte, um, if not both of them, having some some things to say about it. But it was never kind of like this. And I'm. I'm kind of in the same boat, you know, as Vince. Just, you know, these are, are artists that I respect and that I want to support. So I would absolutely be on board with that. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate, man. You know, you you don't expect to see stuff like this, especially with these independent labels. I mean, part of the whole draw of signing with an indie label is that you don't have to go through the nonsense that the major labels put you through with recruitment and you know all these other hidden fees when it comes to to, you know whether or not you're going to make music off your music make money rather off your music so you know it's just kind of disappointing to see but yeah i I support it too it's like i don't want to i don't want to put money in the hands of people who had nothing to do with the creative process you know and and honestly i would rather pay money for a burned copy of one of those albums autographed by Fonte and Big Pooh then pay you know for a vinyl repress that they're not going to see any money off I would much rather pay for an autograph bootleg basically that might yes. be the move right yes. there you know because it, it would it would mean more you know it would the money right. would be going straight to them and I'm getting something that I didn't have before exactly right. but just think about this too like what if it was the other way around what if they dropped the whole album while they were under contract and the, the company had no idea about it? They went to the studio, did they you know, did all of the stuff they dropped and they dropped just dropped the album. They ain't got nothing to do with the label. What would the label do? Come to get that bread. Exactly. Or, or they or they, stop, they stopping that album from coming out. It's, it'll be out very shortly. You know, very short. It won't be out for a long period of time. Or they would they would have to label it a mixtape. Right. Yeah. But I mean, it's just like, 
you look at it the other way around, look what the label is going to do. It's like, hold on now, y'all with us, y'all under contracts, so y'all supposed to be doing all of this under us. But then they do everything that they're supposed to for the, in, in their contract and the label doesn't pay them. Like, that's just, that's just nonsense. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it'd be one thing if they were some artists that were known for, you know, uh, well, how can I put this? Just tricking off their money. You know, they, they took their advance and bought a bunch of jewelry. You know what I mean? It, it, it just, you know, just obviously like unwise and foolish things, but they're, they're just not that type of group. They're not those type of people. I think they say when they signed with Atlantic Records for the for the menstrual show that they got like a, a $50,000 advance, uh, which was pretty standard for a group like them back in the day. And they basically spent 48000 of it on a tour van because they knew they were going to be making the majority of their money from shows. So they invested in a in a tour van uh, mm-hmm. or a high quality right. one, that is. So, you know, they, they they were wise with their money, you know. But uh, but yeah, I, I support the boycott. That's 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 kind of unfortunate that that's the case. After all these years, I ain't seen nothing. That's crazy. Because be quite honest, up until made the Lord watch, you know, some of them other albums wasn't really worth the money. You know, to be quite honest. <laughs> nah, I mean it was just just to get back, wasn't it? It was to get it was get back. It was left back, and there was um wasn't there another one? Injustice for all or something or separate but equal. That was a that was a mixtape. Ah, uh, okay. That, um, uh, Justice Rod was a DJ drama mixtape. Yeah. But nah, it's just, like you said, it's just unfortunate, man. It's just like, it's hard. It's it's easy, but it's also hard to make music. Like, if you got a, if you got the gift of a pen, like a gifted pen, it's easy, but then it's also hard because, like, life can get in the way of you writing. Um, just the business of it can kind of sap some of the joy out but when you put when you put down some art like that that's a part of you and for you not to be paid for it like that that hurts like that affects you and then they're gonna try to do it again like oh, oh, oh this is crazy yeah yeah i think yeah. that's the biggest issue is you know after the original deal had expired and they moved on to another another label or was it that Atlantic bought out ABB? Either way, their their ties to them were done, but they owe you know ABB owned the masters, and so and they recognize that little brother has a following, and obviously, you know heads are gonna want to buy vinyl, and so they were like, "Yo, this is a, this is a come up. You know, we don't have anything else as it relates to ABB. It's, it's dissolved. It doesn't exist." We can get this bread real quick. And because of the way the deal was originally structured, they didn't, you know, per that contract, have to pay the group. Or so they say. Right. Yeah. But it is good that, that, you know, in cases like this, they have a, a, a voice now where before they would not. Same thing with Dela. They're able to reach out to the fans and it's not being you know, filtered through the source or, you know, some other media outlet that may or may not actually, you know, put the information out. And if they do, it has to be done, you know, according to um, whatever partnerships may exist with that, that publication. Yeah, they could get sued if they, if they say the wrong thing about the label, you know. Right, right. 
they could quote back in the day they could quote what artists would say about their particular label situation but they could never weigh in on it like oh this is what this record company is doing is foul you know what i mean and right you're, yeah you're right this is just a social media working you know being used correctly yeah just go right to the people and and they're not really saying anything about the label at all they're just like yo these are the facts if y'all rock with lb don't purchase this exactly exactly so yeah message received man oh and speaking of old groups uh the fujis have reunited uh for for a tour um this was unexpected uh considering you know a lot of the you know acrimony that existed in the group you know at the time of their breakup and everything that went down afterwards y'all's thoughts were y'all excited to get this news do y'all plan on trying to get tickets to see them you know what is it what is it does it mean anything for hip-hop what, what was y'all's reactions to this reunion tour i think it's it's right on time like uh there's a lot of nostalgic things happening for hip-hop and i think the quarantine kind of put fuel to the fire of a lot of people like you know buster dropped a new album like nobody saw that coming. It's just, it's, so it's a lot of, it's a lot of older acts that are kind of like, hey, you know what? There's a market now, so hey, it's time. And I'm down with it. Um, especially if they figure out making some new music while doing it. But I'm, I'm down for it. If they come in the Arizona area, I may, um, I may try to see it. Yeah, I don't, nah, I don't think- As of right now, they not. Yeah, I was going to say I'd be more excited if they were reunited and put out some more music. But go ahead. I'm sorry, Jamil. No, I was just responding to Vince saying that they weren't. I don't think they're coming out. I think they're only doing like five dates and only two of them. In, I mean, three of them in the States, if I remember. Um, I thought it was pretty cool news. I am not going to go because they're doing stadium shows and I'm, yeah, that. You know, Delta Delta is running these streets right now, so <laughs> I'ma stay in my lane. But I do like that it's a step in the right direction. Um, and it could potentially lead to new music. It doesn't necessarily mean that that's where it is, but I don't believe that you can get to the point of the creation of new music without this step. Yeah, yeah. You write about those big stadium shows. I'm too old for all of that. I like the intimate shows more. Right. <clears throat> I agree. Especially with that Delta. There's did y'all did y'all see that um that that meme that was going around on Black Twitter uh with the um it was like it was that Delta out here like David Ruff and like like <laughs> hello I'm the Delta variant and these are the coronaviruses. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, 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 you're right, Jamil. Like, like if there was a hope to, for any new music uh, from them, this is the first step to making that happen. You know, getting them right. on a more of a working relationship, you know, getting that chemistry back after so much time. You know, I, I, I thought we were going to possibly see some new Lauren music, given that verse she dropped on that Nas album. I thought maybe that might have been in the cards, but I didn't want to get my hopes up too much. But right. um, this and is still this is cool. Be. You say what? Still might be. Still might. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, this is this is cool to see. Now, <laughs> oh, 
are you gonna take the over or under on whether or not they actually make all these shows? I think they are. Take, yeah. I'll all take right. The over. All right. It's a short. It's a short tour. It is. It is. I think they are. Um, Lauren Hill has. It's like a, a meme now with her. <laughs> right. And her, her absences and late starting shows two three hours late. Like it's it's almost like a. a, a um. Of one of those jokes, ongoing jokes now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully she she can get it together for this. Now, in, in terms of, of of new music potentially from them, and this is a question Rodney actually asked me on his show. And I thought it was a really good question. I wanted to ask y'all if the Fuji's were to do another album, what producers would you all like to see producing the music on it on a new Fuji's album? Just a single producer or like just no it could be it could be a team it, it could be a group of producers or, or a list of just people you you think their sound would complement the fujis because their first album was a combination of of different that's producers. true that's true um definitely salam Remy. you gotta get some you know recreate that um i would like a mad live track I think that would be interesting, and maybe Hit Boy. Yeah. Oh yeah, Hit Boy. He's been in his bag lately. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what producer who produces a lot of uh, Afrobeat music, but I would love to hear them do an Afrobeat song. That would be yeah. Salam Remy. Yeah. That's, okay. That's what that I was Yeah. Okay. And, and Matt shoot Madlib to a certain extent. Yeah. He could. He could definitely do that. I say if we I can think- get. Uh, I abstract my state Kanye yeah. West Kanye yeah I think that would be phenomenal I think I, I also would love to see Knotts work on it yeah Black Milk uh, oh I didn't even think about Black Milk yeah Black Milk tall Mil. black guy who tall black guy you know what you don't think his sound is a little too left field for um for them no Especially for them, I mean, Wyclef in particular has, you know, been a little experimental with his sound, and I think, like a collaborative effort, I think it could work. Okay, okay, I, yeah, I wouldn't even have, uh, but yeah, guessed him because he, 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 you know, you know how he is. He's he's on the court yeah. side. Um, he is, he is. I think Diamond D might be able to do something. Diamond D will be ill. Yeah. Yeah, Pete Rock. Yeah, Pete Rock. Maybe even Jansport J. Um, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, man. Yeah, it's like, man, hip hop has changed so much since the score came out. It's like, man, yeah, who who could yeah. they get? You know, man, they, could no probably, they could probably get anybody. No man, if the Fugees said they want, they were gonna make an album, and <laughs> it basically is like we're gonna audition for uh, for producers. Man, every producer, every producer known will be trying to get on that. Now, now, who, um, <laughs> what, what guest MCs would you want to hear? Now, I'm gonna say this early because this may sound crazy, but it's a, a Jamaican artist, Shinsia. I don't know if you guys are familiar with her, but I would love for her, and uh, I would love for her to get on with them. Y'all should check it out. Shensia, Shensia? S-H- 
Shenseea. S H N S H E N S H E A, I believe. Okay. She um she sings. She, she does it basically. She basically does it all. But uh, yeah, she's super talented. Okay. Any any particular MCs uh, you you want to hear? You would want to hear on the Fuji's album, Jamil? I don't know if I would want to like a whole whole lot of features on there. Um, I would. I almost would want like Cowboys 2.0 and bring the Outsiders back. Yeah. I think I, yeah. I think that would be dope. Just just with the growth that they inevitably would have had by now. Um. Maybe Rhapsody. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. This, this may sound like a crazy one too, because he's not really hip hop, but you know, since they kind of have a mixture of what they do it all, I would love to see what Jeremiah does with them. On a Fuji's album? Yeah. Um, um, I know it sounds a little off, but- Yeah, um, I'm trying to make the connection. But Jeremiah, um, Jeremiah's a creator, man. He, he makes, he creates nice music, in my opinion. You know, he's he doesn't he doesn't allow himself to just be stuck. And I mean, I'm not up. a I'm not a R and B expert by any means. Um, you know, so I, I usually yield to the opinions of others on that. I just I I've I've heard his music before. I just man, I just never you know would have would have thought of that parent. You know, um, I hear you. I would like to see what Ty Dolla Sign would do with them too. It's a it's now him, a, him I can see. Yeah, there's a couple guys that are creators. They they create very good music, but they don't get a lot of. Uh, I w- I'm not gonna say respect because people do respect Ty Dolla Sign, but his name should be mentioned a lot more than it is. Yeah, I think yeah, other artists resume. respect him, but the fans don't always give him the love that he deserves. I agree with that. Yeah, his, his resume is, is is solid. You know, so um, yeah, a lot of people aren't even aware of all the stuff that he's done. But man, for me, yeah, I, I would definitely, yeah, Outsiders uh, track, if they could get them all together. I would be fine with just Rod Digger, though. Um, yeah. I kind of want Pace 1, too, but Black Dog, definitely. Uh, Yasin Bay. And a left field one, man. I, I I would love to hear on a Fuji's album. I would love to hear "Code of the Friend" on on a Fuji's album. Interesting. That is left field. Yeah, I think. And you know who I would love? Do. You know who else? Who's that? Tyler, Tyler the Creator. He might work. He might work. He he so <sighs> he can get so dark though. That's that would be my only thing is it. Like they might have to. Have a very specific point of view on a track to make Tyler work. Like lyrically, he can hang with them for sure, but it's the the subject matter don't seem to blend too much. That'd be interesting though. Now Frank Ocean, I, I could see him on on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Oh, hey, go another guy. People kind of don't think about Gold Link. I would love to see what he does. He's dope. Ooh. He's dope. Yeah. Yeah, Gold Link is dope. Shoot, put him on the same track with Coda the Friend and see what happens. Yeah. But uh, but moving right along, man. Real quick, I wanted to hit this story real quick. Akon out here saying stupid stuff, y'all. He um, 
he 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 made the statement that rich people and celebrities have have it harder than poor people and 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 what he I think he said less fortunate people. Um, and of course, the the blowback was hard and swift. And he said it to give you some context. He said it in light of Michael K. Williams possibly overdosing. Um, the, the the actor from The Wire. And he was he was trying to make a point about you know uh, I guess drug culture when you get to a certain level of celebrity and how people just kind of cling on to you so they can be your personal drug dealer because they know you got the money so just get them to supply them the best stuff and it's it's gonna be a relationship that works but what do y'all think y'all y'all think he's just he's just talking out his butt thinking on that uh, fentanyl man. <laughs> well, I I think he just sometimes you just say things the wrong way because it should you, you shouldn't. Why are you putting two different fights against right. each other? Like there's a there's pros and cons in every situation of life in everything. So um, there are cons to being rich, but. No one's going to agree <laughs> that the cons of being rich are worse than the cons of being poor. Not at all. So at like, all. why are you trying to pit those two together? It's like, no, the rich man has to deal with what he has to deal with. And the poor man has to deal with what he has to deal with. But well, I mean, poor people's problems. I mean, you can't even put them in the same category. Exactly. People's problems. It's like. You know, I remember, man, about two or three weeks before I got married, I got my work van towed, towed in the pound. Wow. And I was stressed. You know, I'm like, I'm like, because because you got to pay the tow fee and you got to pay the fee for however long, however long it, it, it takes to get it out the pound how many days is standing there it's like a hundred bucks a day and then on top of that you had i because it wasn't my vehicle i had to get a notary from my job and pay for that to say i was authorized to get it man it it turned into this whole thing and and uh and a few hundred dollars out of my pocket but i was stressed i was stressed it's like a few hundred dollars to a celebrity like hey kind that's nothing I ain't spending that on bottle service. Exactly, exactly. Man, sometimes fifty dollars would change your whole week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> for the better. And for right. the worse. According to if right. you lose your game. You lose it. Word. Yeah, like fifty dollars, man, can make a big difference, but like uh fifty thousand dollars ain't nothing to somebody that's rich. Like they waste that money on on trivial, frivolous things. So this is like I said, different situations. Nobody's gonna be like, "Oh yeah, rich people got it worse." When people are trying to be get rich, <laughs> you know, like, come on, yeah, now. yeah. I mean, and, and he's basically he's asking us to feel bad for them because he he, they, they, he wants us to feel bad because they have access to excess. That's that's basically what he was saying, and it's like, just say that then. 
<laughs> you just say that. That's good. Yeah, I don't think he. I don't. I don't think he knew how to put it that way. I think he, in his head, he's like, "Oh, we got to worry about this. We got to worry about that." And poor people don't have to worry about that. Like people trying to cling on to you just because you're rich, or people giving you the best drugs. It might actually be too much for your body to take. You know, it, it's That's it's just, poor people have that same problem. Like. It, the drugs are not the same, you know, where you might be offered, you know, primo, fresh off the boat, whatever. And, you know, a poor person is getting offered something that's cut up with rat poison. If you are, if you are an addict or you a potential customer, somebody will supply your habit. Tell I don't them. think that's a I don't think that's a rich or a poor, poor person thing. Tell them, Jamil, and you you. You sell rocks, so you know. <laughs> I mean, somebody somebody has to supply the community. Right. He said, because this right here, this is forever. <laughs> this is forever. <laughs> That's true. Like, it's the American dream. Right. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. But moving right along, man, I wanted to... Uh, briefly talk about uh, uh, rappers when it comes to commercial endorsements. Uh, Pusha T, not too long ago, he came out with a, with a comment where he was saying that because of the content of his music that he's lost out on a lot of uh, endorsements uh, commercially. And as we know, rappers, you know, they need more than one way to make money. You know, rap doesn't pay as well as we might think. So, you know, they could kind of bridge that gap a little bit with doing things such as endorsements for different brands. For the most part, you know, when it comes to rappers and endorsements, there's three ways to go about it. The first is to do a commercial. And, you know, that could take the the form of a, of a jingle, of a billboard or whatever. The second way is do a partnership um, with a brand. Usually we see this with clothing brands. Um, most recently, alcohol, a lot of alcohol brands. Um, they do a partnership. They might even be a minority owner in the company or something like that. And, you know, they do the press and they're, they're the brand ambassador for that liquor or that clothing line or whatever. And then the third way is through uh, basically creating their own brand and leveraging their, their celebrity and visibility to power that brand, which some people might argue is <clears throat> takes away time from them focusing on their music and can kind of hurt the music and hurt the culture. But what do you think? Do you all think rappers going after endorsements or doing endorsements is good or bad for the culture? Um, it's a, I guess it's according to what endorsement. And then also, like, I thought he, didn't he have something to do with Bathing Apes? Who was that? Push. Uh, no, because that's, wasn't that Lil Wayne's thing? Well, I know Wayne was truck fit for uh, uh, he was. Yeah, I, know he had, uh, I think they were the first ones to really start rocking it, and then Wayne might have did it later. And I know a bunch of other people did, but I, I kind of remember that being in a Neptune's camp first. Okay, all right. Well, I mean, either way, um, I guess it's not bad, but like, there's a way to do it because I've seen sometimes when uh, people are being sponsored or they're getting endorsements and they look corny like it's they look corny while they're doing it or right. they take it away from their image like they just don't look they don't look like they're portraying 
their music while they're doing it. If that makes any sense. So like their whole image is like weird now. Like Flavor Flav. Well, I don't know if he was if he was ever not considered a joke, but like now Flavor Flav is just a, he's complete a complete joke from all the things he's done. Yeah, he he was a joke twenty years ago. <laughs> right. Well, I don't know, if he, but but is he was he as huge a joke? Because now he just like a straight, just he just a clown now. Well, his issue was doing, I think, was doing reality TV. Because <clears throat> I mean, I can't I can't recall a whole lot of companies wanting him to be their spokesman. Nah, but then he started. Then that's what made him get endorsements off of that. I remember him on some commercials, just like, yeah, boy, you know, like it's just so corny. It's like. <laughs> takes away from it. But then you have some guys like Snoop. Snoop Snoop is still Snoop in whatever he's doing. He could be on those beer commercials being Snoop. You know, whatever he's doing, it's still got that Snoop swag. Yeah, I, I agree. There's there's a good way and a, and a bad way to do it. Um, what do you think, Jamil? I agree. I think it's, it, it kind of comes down to what um, what the person is endorsing and the way that they allow their images to be used. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with, you know, accepting a check from whoever, right? Like you, you have to support, this is your job, this is your career. Um, you gotta support your art in ways and sometimes that comes down to a partnership, but it should be one that kind of makes sense. Like if it's one that's um, kind of organic to what you do um, and maybe even adjacent to the culture that helps mm-hmm. I mean think about you know Adidas and Run DMC you know that's a that was a perfect situation and it was better for Run DMC to be paid by Adidas because Adidas was making so much money off of what they were doing indeed yeah. Yeah. do you I, I got a, a further question on top of that do you think the endorsements that played a, plays a big part into what hip hop has become worldwide. Like being, sure. being like the top, because I think hip hop is, I think hip hop could arguably be the biggest genre of music, the largest. I don't think, I don't think there's an argument for it. I think no. it is one hundred percent, and it's it's been that way for for a few years now. But to answer your question, no, I, I think it's the other way around. I, I think. I think it's the, I, I, I think it's the culture that's driving the brands, and, and not to say the brands don't already have their own thing before an endorsement comes along, but the value in having somebody from the culture attached to your brand adds a certain cool factor and a a boost economically to your numbers. You know, I work for a liquor distributor, and there are brands I don't hear about. Till some rapper is promoting them. Um, right. I, I probably have to bleep this out, but great taste in rum. However, the taste alone isn't going to just skyrocket them to success. So they did a partnership with Lil Wayne, and now they and I think Lil Wayne really needs money because they're getting ready to release some bottle with uh, this like cartoon image of like Lil Wayne's face on it. Oh wow! Doing it in the meat. Now this keep in mind this is a thirty dollar bottle of rum. And they basically putting this cartoon character on it and it to me it looked a little minstrelly. And Wouldn't it could just me. be you say what? 
It wouldn't surprise me. Is is Wayne? Like, <laughs> of course, of course it is. He don't care. Yeah, look, yeah, look, 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 look a little Samboish. Look a little Sam. I mean, it, 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 it could just be me being old, sensitive in. See, <laughs> I go talking my mess again. Um, <laughs> but you know, to me, I'm like, man, this ain't a good look. You know, now Rick Ross with Luke Belair. That's that's a little bit more to me. That's a little bit more dignified. Um, right. You know, it, it, it just it de- it depends on how it's done. Shoot, that H and R Block commercial with the tag team in it. You have, y- have y'all seen it? Nah. With the way they doing scoop, there it is. That, is that H and R Block? Though I thought that was something else. Oh, it's Geico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Geico. Geico. My my bad, Geico. Geico. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, two I old did school. Too. Yeah, two old school rappers having fun, you know, doing a pun. They ain't got to degrade themselves, you know. And, yeah, and right. it, it ain't like back set thing up. <laughs> <sighs> that was that is kind of a, a, a situation where it might be going wrong, <laughs> or 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 the uh, the chicken wraps at Burger King. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, like it's like you said, so. Um, Crispy yeah. chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, know, even her intro, even her intro into the commercial was bad. Like, like, so what's on the chicken wraps? And she just like interrupts whoever was talking. What's on the chicken wrap? <laughs> so yeah, like it can hurt. It can hurt you. And I don't think it's gonna necessarily affect the culture in a bad way. It affect. I think it affects the person in in part of the culture so the person themselves it can hurt but like it only can know how they go about it yeah it either way it'll never hurt the culture but it can always benefit or be a detriment to whoever's involved i i, I would agree with that i would i would agree with that um, i i disagree oh really I do. Um, I think it's bigger than just the individual person. I don't completely disagree because that's absolutely a correct statement. I just think it is a little larger than that because what I believe has happened over the last maybe 25 years, maybe even 30, is that the broader commercialization of the culture has made that the um, that's the thing that you're going after. There's you know, before it was hip hop trendsetters um, kind of aligning themselves with brands, and the brands are buying some of this cultural currency and paying for it. But the art was first. Now, it is definitely subjective as to the quality of it, but I don't think in most cases people were intentionally putting bad stuff out. It just, you know, some people are better than others. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know that that's necessarily the case now like I think there are a lot of people their end goal is to get to these endorsements like I don't really care about the art this is a product this is a hustle for me um, and as long as I can get that Wrangler money or and I, I use that one on purpose um, or whatever right I'm, I will I will make the biggest buffoon of myself to get to the bag. Oh yeah, there's always going to be some people. That's why. Well, it's, it's always going to be a balance. But you, but you think it hurts? You think it'll hurt the whole culture as, as a whole? I do. I think it has because it has continued to spawn copycats. 
Oh, I, I mean, see what, what you mean. think. What do you think your, you know, Lil Uzi Verts and your, you know, Lil Nas X's and, and Lil, Lil Yachty's and Kodak Black's and like, and well, I, you know, well, it sounds like I'm hating on the youth and it's not, it's not really me hating on the youth. It is, I've, I've noticed in some form of fashion, uh, a level of disrespect from the culture from those particular artists and, and of those ilk and it's not you know it don't have to be my cup of tea but it feels to me like I, I would even throw the baby in there as well this is a hustle I, I, I need to get the bread and it's not really about you know honing my craft or learning the history of it and learning about it or you know being the best that I can be within this this is yeah, I need to I need to build up a big enough following that I can be paid by this other entity and that's the end goal. It's just like, you know, athletes who are chasing after um chasing after a check, you can see it. You can see it in their performances. Everything about them is well, I, I I get what you're saying. I, I just think you're conflating two different things. I think I think the money is the pool for a lot of these people. But the money doesn't always necessarily have to come from, a, say, an endor- a commercial endorsement. They might just see money in, the, you know, what you can get paid in performances or, uh, you know, uh, what your streams look like as, as potential uh, to get paid for, for doing shows and stuff or, uh, you know, club appearances or whatever. It's, I don't think it's always necessarily connected with, yeah, man, I, I want to strike it big so I can do a partnership with Sprite. I don't know. I think that that could. I think that that is the the case. And maybe not across the board, but enough of them for sure. Yeah, enough of them, man, because they recognize that they catch a buzz. They do enough because they don't have any longevity. Um, Q Tip was talking about this to some degree on that uh, podcast with uh, Matt Hoffa. Oh, I it, saw that, Vince. I saw that. That was a really yeah. good. Yeah, something yeah. alluding to that. The Littles, what was he calling them? The, the something. Yeah, the Littles, that's fine. Where, where um, they basically, the 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 music labels have built it up where everybody's doing the same thing so they can just replace the next guy. Right, you know, right. And just keep it going as opposed to like the juggernaut, artistic, talented artist. Um, you know, they'll always be there to some degree, but they'll have a little to keep the engine going. So it's always going to be some people that are that are like what you're saying, Jamil, um, that'll be chucking and jiving. <laughs> <laughs> There'll always be some of those, but then you're going to always have the balance as well. Um, hey, that chicken is right. the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Eggs, breasts, and thighs, and sweet potato pies. But 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 going back to what you said, Vince, about about the 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 endorsements uh, being driven by the culture or the culture being driven by the endorsements. Going back to what you were saying, I, I really think it's the endorsements being driven by the culture because let's just put it simply: the American black man is the most copied and imitated man on earth. And he is represented in the hip hop culture and by hip hop artists. So the way it, the climate is and has always been, we're, we're the trendsetters. You know, we determine what's cool. Um, you know, whether that's fashion, dance, music, whatever. So 
you know, America has always kind of been drawn to uh, black and white youth. You know, both have been drawn to. They've always wanted to consume that that bold and brazen image of of young black men living on the edge. You know that that hyper masculinity, uh, outlaw character. You know, and we've seen it in other iterations like John Wayne or James Dean, or, you know, whoever. Yeah. But I think hip hop is just the, the the latest you know reincarnation of that, and, and people like that image. And if if a person who fits that image is saying buy this type of car, buy this brand of clothes you know drink this type of champagne I, I they know people will do it that's true and i think um i think i think it may have evolved a little bit further than just the uh the culture you know making the endorsements better <clears throat> or have we were saying because like i think i, I look at certain commercials that have endorsements and they shed a certain, they shed a different light. When it's done properly, they shed a different light on the artist. You see them in a slightly different light, like like uh, Rick Ross, for instance. Like the commercials he happened to be a part of. He has like a, there's a debonair look to it, the way they, they you know, the way they endorse him. Jay-Z with, the, you know, with the the, um, the liquor businesses and stuff. So like, so like it adds to, their prestige and then you got commercials going worldwide like people may not have known rick ross necessarily this just is, as an example overseas or in a different continent but they catch wind of that commercial and now they got a fan because of that he has another fan because of that yeah and, and it, it looks cool now. you know sitting back i mean champagne is not an everyday drink it's for people who live an opulent lifestyle and it's very much on brand with the character that Rick Ross portrays and they know that so you know now Rick Ross was the, and it works for him you know and that might not necessarily appeal to me you know but it works for him and who they're trying to appeal to now if Rick Ross was to do a fried chicken commercial yeah I'd be giving that to stink out Oh, you mean like uh, a <laughs> Right, I was gonna say it depends on how I was done because he has done fried chicken yeah. commercials. Yeah, fast. <laughs> you said he right. has. Well, you yeah, know, he owns he owns a number of wing stops. So. Oh, that's right. that's different. That's different. That's that's correct. Again, I, that's 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 him leveraging his 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 celebrity to drive a business that he's partnered up with. Yeah, that's right. true. So I, I think I think. I think it can be both. It's not, it, it can be on, I don't know if it's inherently one end, like one benefits from the other. I think they both scratch each other's back pretty evenly. Because, uh, and I think it, I think maybe more locally, it helps uh, the endorsement out more, but internationally, it will help the, the uh, culture out more. I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah, the culture the culture is driven by the people and by the youth and and you know whatever however they feel the art needs to go in the, at that particular time and art and corporate interests always clash you're right now, man it, it's hard to say not to say you're right you know not, I, I shouldn't say they always clash but clash but they eventually clash uh-huh. right you know right. so I, I think the 
this dance that the two entities have to do is, is usually, you know, mutually beneficial for the both of them. So that's why they do it. Um, <clears throat> and that's that's basically it. Now, real quick, uh, hip hop commercials or commercials with you that used rappers. Do you all have a favorite that, that, that's been done in the past? Maybe the um, it was like a slew of them. I can't pick one of them, but it was three like Sprite commercials that had come around, come out around the same time. It was hip hop based. You had the Shannon KRS one, which was dope. The um, the uh, Voltron. I was just about to say that, Jamil. <laughs> that <laughs> Voltron one was so dope. Yes, it was. Actually, that's probably my favorite. That probably is my favorite Voltron. But they also had the uh, Five Deadly Venoms, like shortly after that, which they was did. in a similar vein of the Voltron. Because they were re- revealing them slowly, which I thought was a, a pretty cool, pretty cool way to do it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, d- I dug those uh, those Voltron Sprite commercials because they they used the real rappers. You know what I mean? They didn't use actors. Right. They didn't use the top top guys at the time. Um, they went with like Common, Fat Joe, Goody Mob, Goody Mob, um, Mac Ten, African Bombada, at Mac Ten. That was a five. And then Africa Bambada and Jazzy J. So, yeah, that was dope, man. I was like a little soccer. I was like, oh, man, I wonder what, you know, what's, what's going to happen and, next. Right. Was, and, and the fact that they specifically got, you know, rappers from each part of the country. Yeah. You know, you got an opportunity to see how diverse the game really was. I mean, I guess they, they didn't get nobody from like Texas or whatever, but Goody Mob represented the south i think i, I think they did so well yeah most definitely most definitely they did so very well uh, I, I bet that's that's probably one comment he got his first little acting check and was like all right i need to do this more <laughs> <laughs> but yeah man those those voltron commercials was dope with sprite um missed opportunity burger king and shock g right <laughs> oh yeah yeah Right now, this ain't I mean, I get why they wouldn't have done it, but <laughs> <laughs> they could have done like a little like wink in the, at the end of the commercial with him, like Shock G going into a Burger King bathroom, but not saying that. yes. <laughs> uh, yes. But the uh, but the the, the ride base didn't, didn't Burger King do something with ride base about the uh, the uh, F a Big Mac ride base? I don't even I don't remember, remember that. that. It takes me to. Remember when it's like I, mean, I know who you're talking about. I just don't remember that that commercial at all. I, I want to rem- uh, for some reason I remember. I, I think I remember it. What they were saying. I could be wrong though. But if they didn't, that's a missed opportunity. Oh, with the "It Takes Two slogan. I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah, you're right. The you're Burger right. King, like I think they did something. And uh, now this ain't hip hop, but I love Return of the Mac and Cheetos. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's the best right there. <laughs> Mark Ross. Return of the Mac and Cheeto, man. That is that's that I love that one. Yeah, Mark Morrison was on top of the world at one point with that song. That was crazy. <laughs> all right, man. All right, moving right along, man. A topic I wanted to get to, uh, you know, every year we do our, our award show uh, where we award different categories of 
you know, the most outstanding accomplishments in, in, in hip hop uh, music, uh, you know, lyricists of the year, album of the year, you know, and so forth and so on. And one of the one of the superlatives that we give out is best collaboration of the year. And uh, I don't know if it's just me, but I feel this year has been an outstanding year as far as collaborations. <clears throat> and since people like to complain about my 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 nominees every year, I'm not gonna say no names. <laughs> <laughs> I figure we narrow down the superlatives for best collaboration of the year so far, because you know there's still a few months left in the year, and, and we might get some more stuff. It bumps these off the list, but I have about uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve tracks, and I wanted to discuss and get you all's opinion on what should stay and what should go, uh, mm-hmm. and maybe we can narrow it down to seven out of the twelve. First track. Uh, well, first of all, what do y'all think? Do y'all think this year has been especially dope for for, for collaborations? I mean, it's been another good year. I don't know that I would say it was especially, but honestly, I'd say like the last like four years have been really good for hip hop. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Now, just just to give you a little background info, last year, the nominees for best collab was Yaya with Eminem and Black Thought. Overcomer with Royce the Five Nine and West Side Gun, uh, something to rap about Freddie Gibbs and Tyler, Father Figure, Toby Nguigwe and Black Thought Royce, Good Morning with Black Thought Pusha T and Killer Mike, and Look Over Your Shoulder with Busta Rhymes and Kendrick Lamar. Um, now this year, I'm gonna just read these off, and I want y'all to weigh in: should they stay or should they go? Bash Money, West Side Gun, and Lil Wayne. Stay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's just stay. But then again, we, we we don't even know what's coming next. But uh, I see that's real. That's true. Right. That's true. right, right, right. That's why I say it's been a particularly dope year. Okay, next one. Right now, West Side Gun, Stove God Cooks, and Jada Kiss. That, yeah. See, this is gonna be hard to narrow down. I went to stay too. Yeah, it's like in my head, I want to hear all of them first. <laughs> that right. can be okay. like, that lead, that goes. Okay, The Ritual, AZ, Conway, and Lil Wayne. Oof. That was cold. Yeah. Wayne been on his game. I will yeah. say that, man. He has. He, he's yeah. been impressing me. Uh, okay, next one Family Ties, Kendrick Lamar and Baby King. Absolutely. Okay. All right. What you say, Vince? Yeah, I'm, uh, well, I think they all gonna be. I think they all gonna be staying. tonight. Okay. Next one. Nobody. Nas and Lauren Hill. Come on, man. Oh, that's staying. One hundred percent. I don't care what else is on the list. Okay. Life of the party. Kanye and Andre three thousand. That is another one that's indisputable. Oh, you talking about what they just dropped? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's Oh, definitely, definitely. Okay. All right. My life. J. Cole, Twenty One Savage, and Moray. Yes. Yeah, that stays. Like I really like Twenty One Savage on there, and I don't even like dude like that. I like that he's trying. 
<laughs> he's better. He's not good, yeah. but he's better. No, he's like I he's trying. He's not and you can you can get you can get an A for effort in my book because I can see the way he's trying. He's 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 forcing himself with some some heavy juggernauts of artists and he's he's making an attempt to to actually right. write something substantial. And and some stuff some of it is. So like I yeah. Like, I give him a nine for that. Yeah, I like that. I like that track. It ain't no bank account type lyric stuff. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> All right. Next up, Hell on Earth Part Two, West Side Gun featuring Kanye, Conway, and Benny the Butcher. Um, that just ain't that just Brazil. <laughs> it, it's it is it's technically a, a collab because it was on it's on West Side Guns and it was right yeah but it's like whatever it's just like Jada Kiss making a song they got Chic <laughs> Luke and Styles P on like that's a lock song um, but I hear what you're saying uh, so we, you you say throw that in the maybe pal uh, yeah let's put it in the maybe for now because it's I mean that is a collaboration but it's like a it's a collaboration with a group. You know what I'm saying? It's they always collaborate. Okay, all right. Next one. All in your head, J period featuring Black Thought, Dave Chappelle, and Tiffany Goucher. I don't even know if I heard. That. I didn't hear that. I remember when they did the audio storybook, but I haven't heard that track. Oh wow, okay. Like right. I don't even know where to get it from. It's, it's on that, it's uh, what's the name, ain't it? It's on J Period's mixtape. But I thought you could only get that on, um, what's the name of the, the platform that Kwali's podcast is behind? That's oh. behind a paywall now. Luminary. Luminary. I thought that was the only place you could get it was on Luminary, and I, I don't, don't have know. it. I don't know. I, I I ripped the copy of it off, off you know, off the net. With, okay. Know, my sources, but um, <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. But it's a good track. Y'all should check it out. Next one up, Nutshell Part Two, featuring uh, it's Five Dog featuring Redman and Buster Rhymes. Like I want to say, stage absolutely. Five Dog. I mean, all all due respect to the legend, that would be the reason not to keep it. <laughs> did, hey man, Five brought it on this track. <laughs> he did. He did. He absolutely did. All right, so what, what, y'all don't seem that excited about it. I, I'll, I'll put it in the maybe, pal. This next one is kind of a kind of a elusive track. I don't know if y'all have heard it. Lyrical Cipher, Trader True featuring Black Thought and My Son. Interesting. No, I didn't hear that one. I think I did hear that. But I did hear that. And I want to say stay. Yeah, I want to say stay too. Because, um, uh... <laughs> My, yeah, they all up. They they heavy hitters. Uh, and then the last one I have, Free Cutter, uh, West Side Gun featuring J Electronica. I didn't hear that. Okay, oh, it's yeah. on uh, Hitler wears Hermes eight side B. And I heard Hitler wears Hermes. I um I guess I just didn't hear that side B. I gotta listen to that. Um, I don't know if I heard that, but I'm I'm pretty sure it was dope. You know, J Electronica, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it was dope. It was dope. Um, okay, so that's. I mean, 
we we narrowed it down to seven tracks but it was basically because the last five tracks oh wait no y'all wait a minute you, you said nutshell you would cut jamil right i'm rethinking it though i'm, I'm wondering if i would want to keep that one over my life yeah, I was going to say of the ones that y'all gave the thumbs up on, if I had to get rid of any of them, I would get rid of my life. It would be not going to get rid of in my life. Not going to get rid of Bash Money. Not going to get rid of right. Actually, right now, I'd be okay with letting right now go because West Side Gun got a couple others in here. Mm-hmm. Man, I just really like that. The way that beat comes in, that horn or whatever. And stove guy talking on the track it's just it just it just it just came together so well man family ties stays just because it's, it's almost like it feels like a, a a handing of the torch track to me yeah um and kendrick reminding us that he's still a beast nobody definitely stays life of the party definitely stays yeah i would i would either knock off right now or my life that sounds about that makes sense but we shall see i might change my mind you know so we shall see when 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 the award when the award show happens <laughs> and i send y'all y'all's ballots to uh to fill out <laughs> right <laughs> so we'll see what happens but um hmm, yeah, yeah all right real quick man i wanted to bring back unpopular hip-hop opinions it has been a while since we've done one and before I put mine out there, do you all have any unpopular opinions you all would like to put on the table? I got one. See, it's a quick one. It's a quick one to go over. The okay. the ladies are running the game now. I don't disagree with you. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. Now, the quality of the music is questionable, but they definitely out there. Like, yeah. Well, the reason I say it, because now you have, you really do have every type of rapper in lady form, <laughs> you know, a female in every type and every form of, of a rap. Look at Young and May. <laughs> you got Megan The Stallion, Doja Cat, uh, Nicki Minaj, Cardi B. Then you got Rhapsody. Does, does Doja Cat count? Uh, I kind of count, count like like Nicki Minaj count. I think she can count because the girl, well, she makes she just makes music. But okay, let's just yeah, when, okay, I, when I listen to it, star. Well, yeah, when I listen to it, I don't hear hip hop. So I we, she, I, don't, I don't know if she wants to be associated with niggas. <laughs> That's true. That's uh, Saweetie, uh, Saweetie, Lotto. Yeah, a lot of cash doll. City um, girls. City girls, yeah. So like then you got oh then you got another the other end of the spectrum. You got Rhapsody. Uh and I came well you just got like high level artists, high level writing too. Right. Shay Noir. So, yeah, definitely Shay Noir. Three D Nate. Yeah. Yeah, hurry I forgot about her. Then you got the battle rappers, girls too. They 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 heavy with it. So like, I was I was I had I had that thought a couple months ago. I'm like, man, they they really out here now with with, with heavy like heavy followers. Yeah, they they you're right. 
I, I don't disagree with it. I mean, I think right now in in, in hip hop, the, lyrically, the the females are the ones bringing it. I have not listened to Koi Larae yet. Uh, only thing I know about her is that she's been Zeno's daughter. Um, and you know what, man? It's crazy because probably trash that. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. It's crazy because she she has an odd she has an oddity to her, but like she says. She has some decent one-liners that stick with when you hear a song. Like I know if she really wants to write, she can. But she's she's into her her little slick gimmicks and stuff right now. But like if she if she wants to continue on, I can see her like really writing some stuff. But yeah, I, 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 I I'm inclined to think her her music is booty much much like her dad's. But, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see. You know, we'll see with her. Um, uh, you just reminded me of somebody else, and, and name just slipped me just that quick. Um, yeah, man, they out here. They out here. Ain't 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 taking no no shorts, man. But yeah, I, I would definitely I, I would definitely roll with that. You know, now is there a uh, is there a female rapper out here right now that's gonna do what a, a Cole does or? You know, a Kendrick, not necessarily, but there is a lot of variety to choose from. You know, at this point, so uh, yeah, you're right. They won't, maybe not so much at that level, but I'm just talking about as far as like names that's out there. Like, it's a lot of names out there that they got followers. And honestly speaking, Rhapsody has J Cole and Kendrick. Kendrick's respect, like oh, absolutely, absolutely. Right, she was on both. She was on both their albums. She was on both yeah. their albums, and um, and it's and it's like it's real honest respect, not like what some of it was years ago, where you know people they had like respect in front of their face, but in the background is like not so much, you know. But like yeah. it's true, it's true, it's it's true. Um, <laughs> um. <laughs> I remember when, what they do. Do y'all remember when Saweetie did that that freestyle? Oh, no, no. <laughs> nah, I don't even. I don't even remember the show. But DJ Envy was uh, not DJ Envy. Ebro, Ebro was. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Ebro, gonna be playing with him. Yeah, all he could do is just make a face. I'm like, what is going on? Is she hyperventilating? Like, wh- wh- why does she sound like that? <laughs> hey, but you know what? She like she didn't let that stop her, and she makes. She makes cool music. Like she has, <laughs> like her music. She may like. She may not be the one that just need to go on the lab, like go on a, and just spit on a, a cipher or freestyle. But like she's making decent music. Uh, well, she's making music to sell, not music to be enjoyed as an art form. But it's packaged up to. Oh, she making that. Yeah, she making TikTok music. She 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 mm-hmm. making TikTok music. Absolutely. All right. So my unpopular opinion, <clears throat> uh, Dr. Dre's The Chronic album is uh is fifty percent trash. Fifty <laughs> percent trash. Half of the album is trash, and when I say it's trash, I don't mean it's morally deplorable. I mean that it's bad music. It's trash music. Um, give me an example. Give me an example because you are. Uh, I realize that you're being provocative on purpose. I'm I need not. some facts behind this. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. 
So I, I got the tracks right now. The intro, great, classic. Track two, F with Dre Day, classic. Three, Let Me Ride, can't front on that. Four, The Day The Niggas Took Over. Not the best song, but it's, it's serviceable. Five, Nothing But A G Thing, classic. Six, These Nuts. Um, don't know about that one. Okay, so as a as a uh, fan of Luke and Cool Keith, <laughs> I'm gonna fight you on that one. I'm here for these nuts. Okay. <laughs> Pun intended. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Can, uh, I can oh, I can ride oh. I can ride with that one. Oh. Can, <laughs> you say you're a fan of these. Are <laughs> uh, you here for these nuts? Oh. <laughs> I mean, very specific. Very specifically, the the, the the intro to the track was was hot, so I'll give it a pass because there's there's others on here. Number seven, Lil Ghetto Boy, great song. Actually, might be my favorite song on the whole album. Number Especially eight, the intro. Yeah, absolutely. Niggas for perms. Number eight, a nigga with a gun. Not good. Not a good song. Number nine, Rat Tat Tat. Okay. Give me a line from Rat Tat Tat. I mean, that's what, I, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. <laughs> Track 10, the $20 sack pyramid. It's a skit. Right, so that don't count. So that don't count. 11, Lyrical Gang Bang. It's a little cringy. A little cringy. Give me, give, me a, give me a bar, a couple bars from there that ain't... That ain't <clears throat> <laughs> that ain't cringe. Uh, number 12, High Power. Never liked that song. I give you that one. A Waste of RBX. Number 13, The Doctor's Office. It's a skit, so we'll, we'll let that one roll. Don't count. 14, Stranded on Death Row. I mean... Not a good song. So you song. got... So you got two... And number 15, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, number 15, The Roach, also suck. Um, number 16, Bees Ain't S, eh. I mean, it's, 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 it's cringy, but if you're into that, it, it, I, I mean, I wasn't into that back then, you know what I mean? Like, like, I can appreciate right. it on a, on a, you know. I guess you could say an academic level now, but not. I ain't, I ain't getting in the car and putting that on. You know what I mean? Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. But that doesn't mean that the song is not good. It, the message is not great. It's it's you know less than empowering for sure, and it's, it's definitely not something you putting in a car if you have a healthy respect for women. It's not one of those tracks you really should be banging like that, but considering the uh, the source right this these these are not choir boys here i i, I wouldn't go so far as to say the song was trash okay. it's just not something you should be playing <laughs> okay so so we we scratch off the six this i'm sorry we scratch off the two skits that brings us down to 14 tracks i just named seven that you couldn't defend you did not name seven i couldn't defend you named like three no 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 okay so I gave you a pass on these nuts. <laughs> right. <laughs> a nigga with a gun. Rat tat tat. Lyrical gangbang. High powered. Stranded on death row. The roach. 
And you gave a half-hearted defense of B's and S. So the only ones that I really was agreeing with on that one, and I suppose it's just a matter of, you know, personal taste at this point. So the reproach I give you, Stranded on Death Row I give you, and Rat-a-tat-tat. You friend. So you thought High Power was good? Was a good song? It was alright. You thought Lyrical Gang Day was a good song? <laughs> Again, cringy. Man, but I wouldn't say that it was. <laughs> Stop defending this album, man. It's half of the time is trash, and you know it. I'm not going. I'm not going for half. I understand the point you're making, but I'm. I'm not. I'm not doing for half for that. Because the whole. Because the other part about the chronic that makes it appealing is, I mean, nobody's going to a Dre album for lyrics. This is true, but he had plenty of help. He had, he, had, he had RBX on here, and, and Corrupt, Lady of Rage, Snoop, the DOC, and this album falls off precipitously after the eighth track. But it's also West Coast rappers. Like that's that was that's what they do. It wasn't just a rap though. It was to me. It was. It was also the the production wasn't the best. I know this is Dre we talking about here, and he's the goat of producers. But I don't know, man. He kind of phoned it in like, on a few of these. Now you sound like you're on shrooms, man. Fifty percent of this album. I'm not going percent. It's kind of bad. A hundred percent of the time. <laughs> It go go back and listen to it after track eight. You will you will keep hitting the skip button. And, I, and well, that's... I, I I love and respect women, so I don't play the chronic. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to take your word for it. <laughs> you can't embarrass me in front of my family, my community. <laughs> my community. Very well, very well. <laughs> that's, a, that's absolutely a bold face lie too, because if, if the listeners are savvy and y'all go back and listen to when we were talking about our summertime, how the chronic was definitely on the list. Oh, most definitely, and it was an album face off. Right. <laughs> All right. Speaking of album face offs, we got a good one, man. Um, two underground juggernauts. Um, in terms of beats and rhymes and two of the most influential in terms of beats and rhymes respectively uh in one corner uh we have the further adventures of lord quaz uh by quasimodo who is a alter ego of producer mad lib this was his second album as that alter ego uh, it was released May 3rd, 2005 on Stone's Throw Records, produced entirely by Mad Lib and clocking in at 66 minutes and 26 tracks. And then in the other corner, we have MF Doom with his album mm Food, which was his fifth LP at the time. It was released November 16, 2004 on Rhyme Sayers Entertainment. Produced by MF Doom, Mad Lib, Count Base D, and PNS, uh, clocking in at 48 minutes and 15 tracks. Uh, both of these are, you know, I, I they underground gems, man. Um, they're very quirky albums. Uh, both these artists are definitely an acquired taste. Uh, but I'll, I'll give the floor up to you all. Uh, between these two albums, which one did you were you all feeling more, and why? I'll, I'll go. Um, I just said early 
that uh, mm. food. <laughs> mm. Food. That's that that that's my selection. Now, quasi, quasi moto album. What what the heck was going on, man? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like I I appreciated bully ish just because of like what he was doing like give me your girl or give me your food yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but it's just so weird man like the whole oh, my album just, the whole album was just so weird and convoluted and it just sometimes the music will stop it's like he's breaking a fourth wall with a, with a rap out you know it was like what is going on <laughs> but um but I will say I enjoy listening to it because that, that's the first time I've ever heard it to be honest oh, so wow. I, I enjoy listening to it uh, yeah you guys are, you guys are underground uh, aficionado me not so much um, now the food that was more Understandable because, like I said, the Quasimodo album, I still don't even know what it was about. Like, it was like a, a, a compilation of just thoughts, you know, <laughs> with no rhyme or reason to him. It's just he was just doing, just making things, you know. Yeah, Quas could be a little he could be a little confusing to the uninitiated. I, I give you that. Because you you definitely shot me a text earlier today, like, man, these are some interesting albums you picked. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what is going on? But it was um it was it was it was nice to listen to. Like it really did make me pay attention though, because I was trying to figure out, like, I don't know, I'm gonna figure out what this what this album is about. Never figured it out. Um now, like that one food, that has some that has some oddities to it as well. But like uh, that uh, fried, what's it? Fried friends. What's oh, that? Deep fried friends. Deep fried friends. Oh my god! I, I, that right there. The way he makes stand friends, and how he had like the he had like the uh, the beat was actually laced in. With that, with his his with his beat, the sample of the beat was laced in with it, and you didn't really hear it until he took all of the extra stuff he put in the beat out, and then you would hear it some. And then he would have the chorus of friends laced and interlaced into his lyrics so cleverly, man. I'm like, okay, that's dope. This is dope. And it was other ones too, but that's the one. That's the one that stuck out the most. Um, so I, I just I I give the nod to um mm, food. Okay, understood, understood. <clears throat> All right, Jamil, man, give me give me your breakdown. Which one of these albums you going with and why? So, as Vince mentioned, these are both really weird albums. Um, definitely not for a like I would not recommend either one of these as <laughs> as an introduction to hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> But they're both great albums. Like I enjoyed them, but within their weirdness. Um, apparently, just on some, some trivia stuff, uh, Mad Lib, when he did the Quasimodo albums, took shrooms. 
um, for both. Not surprising. Uh, clearly, clearly. And so with that little bit of information, it makes sense to me now. It does. Because because the first Quaz is a weed album. The second Quaz album is definitely a strong album. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Cause... Right. <laughs> so, and, and there's a, a bit of an appreciation for that. Not that I advocate they drug use, but recognizing the effects of said drug and, and what came out of it, it I can I can appreciate that. Um, that said, it, it kind of was a little bloated, um, little skip skid heavy. What it came down to with these two for me is, um, you know, musically, the Lord Quaz was superior by far, but lyrically, obviously, uh, the Umfu. I think I'm gonna go with the Lord Quaz on this one now. Woo! Jamil hit us with the zigzag. He always does. Yeah. It, it happens in our <laughs> He do it so cleverly every time. Like I always get caught. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like that commercial on on uh, um, you know, it's like that commercial on those game shows. <laughs> Back when they brought you down to who won, it's <laughs> all the time. Keep guessing. Gotta keep you guessing. <laughs> now the the, the um food is so it's fifteen tracks, but like twenty percent of the album is kind of unlistenable, man. It they just hit you with like four straight tracks that are not even songs. It's just one long skit. <laughs> yeah, it's like one long intermission or something. Yeah. yeah, which I still to this day haven't quite figured out what the purpose of it was. It's like wild bill out in the woods somewhere <laughs> eating weird food or whatever. So, uh, yeah, that, and it really messes up the enjoyment of the album for me because it was getting good. Because I'm, I think it is Deep Fried Friends right before that. It's yeah, Deep yeah. Fried Friends or One Beer. So, right before the, um, the little in- interlude, uh, tear he goes on, you had. Yeah, it was Deep Fried Friends. That's what I thought. And then so right before Deep Fried Friends, you had one beer, and right before that, you had Potholders. Potholders. And then, uh, 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 not Super, what's the name of the song? Uh, Whole Cakes. And uh, Beef Rap, like, bangers, straight through. And then it falls off the cliff. Which is to be expected, right? You're, getting, you're gonna get skits with a Doom album. But it just went way too long, and it, it for a while it made it hard for me to listen to the album because I'll just play basically the first five tracks, and then you miss the back end of it because you just don't want to listen to it. At least that's how I felt about it. Um, but I still love this album, and you know I give it a lot of love and have in the past. But yeah, I went with the Lord Lord Quads on this one. Okay, understood, understood. Real quick, let me ask y'all this. Vince, what was your favorite track on M Food? Deep Fried Friend. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, I just like, it just, that was the one that stuck out the most to me. Just the way he laced that, that, that France chorus. And he had the, he had the, the actual beat in the song. Like, it just, it, it, it was well done. Yeah. Okay. Another example here where, the, the editing job was really interesting because in Deep Fried Friends he got a line saying going wild like white shit 
So if he ain't say chick, which word do you think I edited it out? <laughs> uh, that's, guess, that's guest behavior. You said that's guest behavior? <laughs> that's guest behavior because he on rhyme stairs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. Like, yeah, that, that might have influenced some of the stuff he, yeah, he, he. 100%. Because you could see, wait, call wait. A, you call a woman out her name, but you can't say white. Yeah, but wasn't this the same album where they had, the, he had the skit where he was like, between me and you, I kind of like being black. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> and uh, Negro humor always escapes me. Right, right. <laughs> uh, so, so Jamil, what was your favorite track on the on the Lord Quaz? Uh, Bullyish. Okay. okay. All right. Understood. Understood. Yeah, that was my too. Yeah, Bullyish was definitely good. Uh, if I had to go with a favorite track, I would go with either "Tomorrow Never Knows" or mm-hmm. "Privacy." Okay. Yeah, privacy was I like the Hydrant game, honestly. A lot of people Yeah, Hydrant game is tough. Hydrant game reminds me of MHB's parts too. Like they they feel like uh companion pieces to me. I could see that. I could definitely see that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, for me, man, love both these albums. You know, I was I was in this bag, you know, when these albums came out, 2004, 2005. This was this was right up my alley. Um, so going back and revisiting these these albums was, was a dope experience for me. Um, the Lord Quaz was an excellent continuation on the first one, um, just in terms of his world building. Um, it was packed with just great, lush, funky, soulful samples that Mad Lib has a gift, you know, for for hearing and isolating. Uh, the album it, it has its own texture, its own mood, its own aesthetic. Uh, which is which is hard to do, you know, especially when you're doing a, a what's basically a concept album with a mythological character, um, and all the tracks sounded like they belong together. And, and, but both albums have that strength. Let me let me say that. Um, in fact, I I would say the Mad Lib and the Quaz featured. It definitely featured slightly better production, but it it just kind of served as a backdrop for Quaz to talk about his amoral escapades and <laughs> which was Pretty which much. was basically which was basically the first quasimodo album you know i'm gonna just rap about smoking weed getting laid and making beats and listening to jazz and, and hip-hop um and hijinks um which is nothing wrong with in in, in, a, in a musical context i think he did try to get a little deeper on us with tracks like tomorrow never knows but you know, we all know what we come to Quaz for, and that's that's right. that's hijinks, you know, foolishness, indeed, and beats. At the time, the Mmm Food album, it, it didn't feel all that special, given the tear that MF Doom was on at the time, you know. Right. But over time, it proved to be, as we know, the more influential album and the more of a time-tested classic. So, for me. Doom's rhymes uplift this project, um, yes. so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Doom by a hair. My favorite tracks were probably it's a tie between Cookies and Vomit Spit, and it's it's to me this is a case of quantity versus quality. 
Um, but mm. both both albums are quality. Both albums really are quality. It's just a different. It's just a different type of quality. It's 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 what mood you're you're in. You know, as far as being a meat and potatoes hip hop album, the Doom is to me the better one, the more substantial one. Um, if if two if a if a casual rap fan came to me and was like, hey, which one of these two albums should I check out? I would definitely tell them to go with the Doom first. And if they like the Doom, then check out the Quaz um, and, and see if that's up your alley. Um, it, if I was going on a road trip, I would probably bump the quads though. Yeah. Um, and and you know these both these albums are classics. It's it's plenty to love with both of them. Both of them get a passing grade. I just think that the Doom has aged a little better. And real quick, Jamil, because I, I know you're a longtime Doom fan. When when mm Food came out, did it did it feel like a classic? Did it feel like a moment in hip hop? Or 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 what? Uh, collectively, it did because of it was just another piece. Because he dropped like two albums that year, and within a span of like three years, he dropped like four or five albums. So, like, it felt like a piece of a puzzle, but the the album itself didn't necessarily stand out as like. It was like I couldn't see it being as time tested as it as it became. I loved it, aside from the criticisms I had with the that extended skit in the middle. Um, but it was just to me, it was an album that I loved, but it, it, just not really much beyond that. Okay, okay, yeah. For for me at the time, like you know, and and the cats I was I was hanging with and listening to this album with to us it, it didn't feel like a classic at the time it felt like just another bullet in his resume and another doom project that we were digging into and dissecting it didn't it didn't feel like a classic but it became clear over time and you know with all the discussions going on around it and the and the biting of that album and and all the right. uh yeah uh, uh what do you call it um homages people did to to that album it was like you know what this this might be a, a classic a cult classic but you know a classic nonetheless but i really both of these are cult classics um for sure you know but yeah at the time it didn't it didn't feel any more special than the others you know what i mean it just felt because it was so much dope underground hip-hop coming out you're just like yeah this is this is what it is this is just another one right right it's just another one but yeah, I, I had no idea that that album would, would be as revered as it would be in the in the future. Yeah, yeah, and you know, cookies, man. Who who can front on cookies? You ever hear the um the Just Blaze remix to it? No. So he flipped like a Sesame Street track with Cookie Monster. <laughs> it's only I've only ever heard it once. Cause he played it on uh was flex it was right after doom died it was flex or somebody somebody in new york you know how they do anyway he played the track and it's people like talking over it so obviously you can't intentionally you know so you could bootleg it or whatever but it's it's wild it's out there if you, if you get a chance to find it because you know the original sample that you know that was a sesame street uh sample mm -hmm. so he flipped a different one he flipped a different one. Wow. It was actually a Cookie Monster, like, singing. Okay, okay. Wow, okay. 
I wish I could remember who the radio show was, though. But yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty dope. And the fact that Just Blaze and you know hooked up with Doom, I, I don't think. I think it was more of a, a you know, Just Blaze just kind of did it as opposed to the two of them collabing on it. But it was still kind of dope to have those two worlds, you know, come together. Absolutely, absolutely, man. I got, I'm gonna have to check that out. All right, very good, very good. Yeah, that cookies, man. Every time he dropped that one line, 13 sale, put the sheet down. I crack up every time. <laughs> <laughs> I crack up every time. But um, all right, moving right along, man. We're gonna go ahead, we're gonna cap this episode off like we always do with another segment of what you're bumping, where I invite y'all to share with the listeners what y'all been bumping for the past week or so. So, uh, Vince, man, this week, man, what you been bumping? Um, I was into some mellow R&B, so, uh, listening to her, listening to Masigo, Listening to uh, Alex Isley, uh, Wiz Kid. Um, it's a guy. I'm not forgetting his name. Uh, I think it's M- Mikhail. Something Mikhail. He has some dope music out. Once the, I wish I could remember his name right now. I have to really see if I can find it. But uh, yeah, and there's some lo fi music. Some steppers music. Because I'm supposed to be DJing something this weekend. For about an hour, so I was tapping into some stuff again. But that's uh, that's about it. Okay, okay. Yo, real quick, a dope lo-fi artist to check out, Vince. Stimulator Jones. Okay. Yeah, check him out. He's got a couple of instrumental projects, but then he's got um, he's got a uh, a R and B album that's kind of like in the style of early '90s R and B. Super dope, super dope. Um, in fact, what's the name of that album? Give me one second. Okay, Exotic Worlds and Masterful Treasures. I believe that's the R&B album. But um, he's got other stuff. He's got other stuff that's pretty dope. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, check him out. All right, Jamil, man, this week what you been bumping? Um, I have been bumping uh, Low End Theory. Um bumping uh obviously doom and the uh Lord Quaz. Listening to some Marvin Gaye this weekend. I played that uh, that new one from a couple of years back, You're the Man. Oh yeah, yeah, nice. And um I didn't even know that they did this. I guess he had a collab album with Diana Ross where they did like a bunch of um covers, which was actually pretty dope. Uh, I was listening to the, uh, the Wiz soundtrack, another another high energy thing that burns some of that uh, toddler energy off. <laughs> and uh, I listened to the uh, De Electronica written testimony because I remember not being too impressed with it. <laughs> Excuse me. And I was like, why? Why didn't I think this album, you know, wasn't that great? Like I remember not having a great feeling about it. Go back and listen to this because you know Jay was dope. Then I remembered why after I listened to it. 
just and just left felt unfinished. Indeed, indeed, yeah, it, 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 yeah, it, it did. I'm done. That was it. That was it for me. Okay. Okay. Oh, cool. My bad. Cool. One more. One more. One more. Oh, I forgot ahead. about this. Uh, the door die. I find this to that. Oh, what you think? It was dope. It was a couple misses for sure, but overall, man, that was a great, 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 great album. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was impressed. I was definitely impressed. All right, myself. I've just been bumping West Side Gun. Hitler wears Hermes Eight Side B. Man, he he just he keeps doing it, man. He just keeps delivering quality releases one after the other. It's better than the first one, man. Um, and I just love West Side Gun's voice. It sounds like sunshine and guns to me. Um, <laughs> I gotta take it in small doses, but I know yeah, what his you mean. voice just his voice just makes me happy when I hear it. Like pause. <laughs> um I, I did I did get around to bump in Brandy Younger, uh something different. Um that was a jazz artist Reggie was talking about. She's a she's a harp a, a jazz a harpist, if, if that's the correct term. She plays the harp. Um <clears throat> decent album, man. It was some definitely some good vibes on there. It sounded like a very she sounds like a very commercialized version of Alice Coltrane or, or Dorothy Ashby. So she ain't quite as funky with it as they are, but you, you could definitely hear the talent there. Um, but she's, she, she's definitely making jazz for a different crowd. Um, I also was bumping Ka, uh, A Martyr's Reward. Um, Ka, man, he, he, he might be one of the best lyricists doing it right now, you know, outside of Black Thought, maybe. Um, this dude always impresses me. He is an acquired taste. He, he sounds like a way more skilled version of Rock Marciano. Um, but his 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 wordplay is just it's no wasted bars. He he got this one um, line. I got it right here. Not a sex villain raised to respect women. No, it's no. In fact, God, when blacks rob, all we know is woe. Just like this, 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 this is dope. <laughs> <laughs> then he said uh he got this other line where he said um uh, man was urged from birth felt the burden of bread winning uh, my young gripes with some nights went to bed thinner he said though i slid still endeared so it appeared i'm in my winter you could tell by the snow in my beard um he just he, he just got a lot of slick lines man a lot of slick lines um, I check this one out yeah Ka, uh, a martyr's reward my favorite album of his is Honor Killed the Samurai. Just just it's 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 dark, it's very atmospheric, but the wordplay is impeccable. So yeah, I was checking that out. And I was checking out, I was also listening to Abstract Orchestra Fantastic 2020. This is basically like a uh, orchestrated version of Slum Village's Fantastic Volume 2. Um it, like an instrumental uh homage. Uh, it's pretty decent. It was pretty decent, um, and that was pretty much it. That was pretty much it. So, Jamil, you got any album anniversaries for us? I know you got at least one, the big one. At least, at least two. I was trying not to uh, spill on that because I brought it up during the, um, you know, what I was bumping this week. It's actually quite a few though. So, celebrating five years. 
uh, this week, the debut uh, album of uh, Jermaine Cole, Cole World. Oh, no, my bad, that's 10 years. I'm sorry, five years is the uh, <laughs> T.I.'s foray into, uh, and I'm using air quotes here, conscious rap, <laughs> Else or Us. I don't think anybody ever heard that album, but do yourself a favor and listen to it. Um, just, it's pure comedy. <laughs> celebrating 10 years, as I said, uh, J. Cole, Cole World, also celebrating 10 years. It's uh, Charity Starts at Home, Fonte. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, doesn't even feel like it. Uh, speaking of, quote, conscious rap, celebrating 15 years, Ludacris uh, released there his foray into conscious rap. Didn't he win a Grammy for that? Yeah, that, um, the joint with Mary J. Blige. Okay, yeah. Uh, Runaway Love. Um, celebrating 20 years. All hair slick in the clip. From Guru. Yeah. I won't say nothing disrespectful. <laughs> uh, celebrating 25 years. The Liddell's Half-Life by the Roots. Oh, snap. Yeah, it's crazy, right? And last and certainly, certainly, certainly not least, celebrating 30 years this week. The Low End Theory by Tribe Called Quest. Indeed, indeed. Absolutely. Got some solid, solid projects this week. Absolutely, absolutely. Classic, man, classic. Classic material, absolutely. Alright, alright. Alright, for sure. Um, I'll probably take off next week uh, with the show, but then come back week afterwards um, uh, to, to wrap up our last couple episodes for the season. But gentlemen, I want to thank you uh, for carving time away from the families to hop on the show, as always, and make the show what it is. It is always very much appreciated. And with that, I'm going to bid y'all adieu, and I'm going to say peace. Excuse me, everybody, please listen up. I do need your attention. This is grown man elegance, bitch with ghetto with law. Fresh pair construction, Louis store couture. No was a juvie poured to the core. Rose up from the Uzi all in the hall. Bella Laguzzi since the ever Coogee Upset for letting up, but they never could lose me. Gucci, but see it all inside of my face. A nigga straight, this is fake. Got phenomenal taste. The honorable great young Jedi. Vaughn on the red eye. Wars I live by is off the tongue of my umbrella. Show and prove how I move It's hard to be cool when you was sparkling jewel Check it, you either get it in the disconnected This is bigger than the record Trying to remake the message Electric, hitting every hood that I could Those who understood, understand a nigga good Jotted in black ink, 
It's logic the math link, I'm a class of a scientist and high psychopath thinks My higher half is a finx, my pride passes a jinx It's biographical sit and let the factual sink City blocks are sizzling, gunshots be riddling Cops, ops and props, skyrock the adrenaline you're illin' and all you chasing is crime Scraping up and gibbering, all you facing is time C-74, what you felony for? You yelling, work you were selling, what you telling me for? Smelling the all, I'm chilling Could never get caught with my feelings Love villains, but I talk to the children's, they need it Jail, death, or paraplegic If you blessed by 30 and you're breathing, you succeeded Strategic, live from the top of New York Alone, all in my zone when I'm locking in thought In a state of sleep, thinking about the robbery that I did last week. My love must be a kind of blind love. I can't see anyone but you. One, two, I'm about to set this 
And recycling and calling it your own creation I feel like Rockwell, somebody's watching me I got no privacy, whether on land or at sea And for your biting zealots, your rap's a cacophonic If a prick predict, but deep inside you wish you had the cock Wrongfully, you put me down, I receive the full capacity of my smoke. 
Whack niggas choke from the fumes that I emote. Oh, we bit shit. See, even I feel the mahogany L. Natural hallucinogen. Tony Boy's Dominican with estrogen dreams. Release blues, yellows, and greens from Brownsville to Queens. Cowboy, grab your gun, boys. Olehi, 45 by my side, do he live? No, he did good job. Zen, 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 zen. You shot your bullet, but the bullet went away. Desperado, you work for good boys. I pull out my gun and plug two like true God. Why clef? Pace one. Yo, this is how the West was won. Armado, a true desperado. Yeah. 